Welcome to the Step Up Your Business podcast. This is a weekly show brought to you by the Business Advisory Center Durham. In these episodes, we'll talk about everything to do with business, how to get started, how to grow your business, you'd meet some of our clients that we work with, and upcoming events that are going on in our region. We'd love you to join us every week and hopefully take away something that you can implement into your business. Even though we are in the Durham region, a lot of the business advice and information is applicable to all businesses. Thank you and stay tuned. Roshan from Roshan and Associates. Erin is a member of our expert network. My name is Teresa Shaver. I'm the Executive Director for the Business Advisory Center Durham. I'm glad to have you here today with us so that you can learn a little bit about Erin and her skill set and her professional services that she offers to uh, clients. And I know it's not just the Durham region, it's likely the GTA. Is that correct, Erin? Yes, that is correct. Thank you and welcome. And I'm so happy to have you here today. I'd like to introduce Erin, just tell you a little bit about her background. Erin um, has been working in this field, I think now for over 10 years, and she specializes with legal, medical, and dental clients and small business owners who need training with QuickBooks. She helps you understand your financials and your business expenses, but not just that, she really is someone who can help you with performance, productivity, and uh, any inefficiencies in your business. So, um, really worth connecting with Erin and we are appreciate having her here on our expert network so that she can work with our clients and help them with their businesses. Erin. Absolutely. Welcome. I'd love to ask you, my first question to you is like, what made you decide or what inspired you to go into your own business? And I'd love to tell our listeners, I find they find it so useful when we can actually give them real world you know, examples of people that took the leap of faith and went into it? Absolutely. So, I mean, I think I probably speak to a lot of uh, people out there who are thinking about launching their business or who, or who have uh, mm-hmm. and saying, I was sick to death of the day-to-day commute into the city uh, and basically losing out time with the family and the kids. Um, I had uh, basically a two and a half year old at home and was pretty much never seeing him uh, and daycare was raising him and I no longer wanted to be that mom. Um, so I needed to make a change. And at yeah. first I thought, okay, well, you know what, maybe I'll just find a job in Durham, you know, look in the Oshawa Whitby Ajax area. Uh, and unfortunately looking at that, the salaries that were being offered would not support the house that I had just purchased and all of that because it was about half of what I was making in Toronto. Uh, So the next alternative was, all right, so how do I take the skills that I've had over the last 14 years working downtown Toronto and convert that into something on my own, where I can determine my own hours and determine my own, you know, salary. And that's sort of what led me down the path of entrepreneurship. Wow. Very good. And so you've been at it now for a long time. Um, How do you enjoy it? love it. I mean, it's definitely given me exactly what I wanted, uh, the flexibility for the schedule, you know, being able to go to the kids' uh, school events and school trips and be there when they're getting awards and, 
you know, you're not feeling great one morning, it's okay to sort of sit back and relax a little bit, which yes. you never do. Or, you know, the school calls and needs you to pick the kids up, you can be there in 10 minutes and, and get all that stuff done. So it's definitely allowed that freedom, which is exactly what I wanted. Um, and it also has allowed me sort of the constant change and fun and change in environments. And I don't find myself bored the way I was when I was working, you know, corporate jobs. Right. Fair enough. Um, are you able to tell us a little bit? I know that you've done a, like a re-engineering of your business lately and you were something else before. And I don't know if you want to talk about that journey and why you did it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was uh, it was a quote unquote spur of the moment, uh, unexpected change, I guess you could say. Um, I was doing working in the same industry, so I was still working in in bookkeeping and business management. Uh, the company before was Harmony Bookkeeping, and uh, out of the blue, last summer, so the summer of two thousand and eighteen. Uh, a local accounting firm called and were looking to start up a bookkeeping business and basically offered to buy my book of business because uh, they wanted to get, you know, get started off on the right foot. And uh, so I contemplated and had many, many meetings and about four months of negotiations and, and contemplations of, you know, do I do this? Can I do this? Should I do this? Um, and, uh, and eventually made the decision. Yes. In that, you know, I found that it would probably be the best decision for myself and my son. Um, it was now just him and I, so I had left a, a relationship about a year before. So yeah. I was a single mom and it was like, you know, <laughs> this gives us the complete fresh start that we would, we were looking for. Um, and so I thought, you know what, why not give it a shot and go with it? Um, and that, and that's what brought us to Roshan and Associates. Uh, and niching into the legal medical dental fields. Because um, of course, with the sale of a business comes a non-compete. <laughs> and yes. with that non-compete comes, you know, being too young to fully retire uh, and not getting enough money from the sale of the business to truly retire um, right. and not wanting to completely start over. You know, I didn't want to start a new career. I wanted to still be doing what I was enjoying and still do what I knew. Um, so that's where the targeted legal medical dental side came uh, so I was able to sell the, the majority of the practice before, but keep the legal medical dental clients and then now target everything there, uh, right. for the sale of the business. So, and how are you enjoying that target market? Um, it's been great. I mean, the, the great thing with it is being able to really hone in on the industries that I really enjoy. Yes. Um, and working with the clients that I really enjoy and being able to utilize my previous skills from before starting my own business into the new business even more. Um, prior to starting my business, I was managing dental offices for 12 years. So to now be back in that sort of field and in that realm um, has been really great. And it's been a really attractive feature for dental dentists who are looking for new bookkeepers because there's very few bookkeepers out there that truly understand the ins and outs of the actual operation of a dental practice. Um, so I've really been able to uh, target that and being able to be able to show the skills that I have for that. Right. And then same thing with the legal, uh, the legal industry, very specialized computers programs, very specialized uh, compliance things, because not only do they have to be compliant with CRA, but they also have to be compliant with the law society. So I've been able to really uh, understand that and zone in on those key areas um, and help right. out those, those practices there. I have a few clients and uh, friends that are lawyers, and I know for them, it's always a struggle to find someone who can do their bookkeeping. 
And Absolutely. they technically always end up having to pay someone to actually work for them full time. So it'd be great to have a company like yours where it can be more that contingent bookkeeping, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think they'll love that. I'd, how did you know that your service would be needed in these markets? Um, I mean, the biggest reason that I knew that it would be was the clients that, that I was getting just before I sold the business anyways. Um, I was getting the the outreach from the legal practices and the dental practices. Um, the dental practices started actually with previous dentists that I used to work with, um, right. noticing me on Facebook and on LinkedIn that I was doing bookkeeping. Um, so they reached out and were like, hey, we know that you have the dental experience and you're doing bookkeeping. Our current bookkeeper doesn't have that. You know, would you be interested in taking our practice on? Um, and then with legal, it was just a matter of, you know, constantly hearing through the grapevine of, you know, it's my admin assistant who's doing the entries or it's our law clerk who's doing our entries or our legal assistant. Yeah. Um, and those aren't ideal people to be doing the entries because they don't have the, the financial bookkeeping background. Um, so although the entries may be going in right, or they may be going in somewhat, right? They're not necessarily being optimized and being looked at properly. Um, and then there's a lot of issues that then end up running into at the end of the year when they're talking to their accountant um, or just practices kind of going, I really don't understand my numbers whatsoever because nothing's really being entered to where it should be. Right. Um, which is a common concern when uh, somebody's doing the entries that doesn't have the background for bookkeeping. Right, right, very much so. Tell us a little bit about Roshan, like what, uh, Roshan and Associates, what type of bookkeeping are you doing and what, like, do you do the full cycle? Do you do income taxes and corporate taxes? Yeah. I'm, I'm not clear. Absolutely. So, I mean, essentially we do, what I say is we do call it full cycle bookkeeping. Uh, for those not in the know, it basically means everything from accounts payables, receivables, so paying your bills, uh, collecting your income from your clients, um, reconciling all of that, which means just basically making sure that everything matches, everything uh, totals up properly, entering all of your expenses, entering your income. We also help with payroll. Uh, if you have WSIB that is required to be paid, we help with that. Um, HST returns um, and everything up to the point of the taxes. Okay. So we do not provide tax uh, filings. We don't do any form of year ends for corporate or sole proprietors. Right. Um, we work very closely with local accountants who yes. uh, we pass that on to, but we get everything up to the point of basically being able to hand over your file in a pretty little bow essentially off to the accountants so that they can get the year end done. From your previous experience, you also you were an absolute whiz and just pe fixing people's, you know, productivity and their workflows and all that. Is that something you still continue? Absolutely. So that's where a big passion of mine is. Yes, the bookkeeping's great, um, but as we all know, data entry can become slightly tedious. Uh, so the joy and the passion comes from truly being able to help practices and help business owners. I'll look at those numbers and then try and figure out where they need to change. Um, how do they become more efficient? How do they get more billings done? How do they get more of a net income um, after their expenses? How do they decrease their expenses? Where's their money going? Um, how do they hire? Who are they hiring? Are they hiring right. subcontractors? Are they hiring an employee? What's the difference between the two? Um, you know, and, and what happens if I hire the wrong person and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of the times it's, 
I don't think I can afford to hire. So we help them walk through the process of figuring out that actually you can't afford not to hire. Right. Um, and it's extremely important to hire and delegate. So we work through pro processes to figure out what are you delegating? What's this person going to come in uh, as, you know, what's their job title? What, what jobs and tasks are they going to be doing? Um, and how do I afford that? What do I do with that? What does that look like? So we do a ton of consulting with business owners, especially when they're in that growth phase. Good. So question to follow on from that, for those that are listening, how do they know, how does a business know when they're ready to hire someone? I mean, do you have any rules of thumb that can kind of help out? Well, I mean, I, t I take basically from example of straight out of my own book. Um, I mean, I, I always say, go back to your why. A lot of us start our business because we're sick and tired of working crazy hours. We're sick of working for somebody else, increasing their income. Uh, you know, we want more time with family. We want to be at the hockey rink or we want to be at the dance yeah. studio or whatever with our kids. So the minute your business starts interfering again with those things, you need to seriously consider hiring. Um, because then we start resenting our business. Now we're back to working 50, 60, 70 hours a week, which we didn't want to do in the first place. So if you're right. at that point, you definitely need to. Um, secondly, the other thing is, is you're just finding that you're not getting enough time in the day to do things. So you're procrastinating because either you don't like doing the task, which is a big one, yes. or you just don't have the time to do it. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of businesses, one of the things that slips through the cracks is invoicing. You know, we're so busy and caught up doing the job for the clients that we don't get a chance to invoice. And then, you know, we have to buy materials and supplies and we're like, where's that money coming from? Oh, I still haven't invoiced a client that I finished the job for last week or, you know, a month ago or two months ago, even. I, it blows my mind. I, I know of people who do that all the time. And I'm like, how can you not get your invoicing? Yeah. It's the only way to receive money. Absolutely. It's, it's mind boggling. So, I mean, if you're ever in that situation, then that's a key, key indicator that it's time to consider hiring somebody. And most of the time, the first hire is either an admin person or somebody who's going to literally be hands-on making you income. But a lot of the times we're looking at an admin, uh, an admin person to, to sort right. of help out with the, the paperwork side of the business. Now, I think you also help them with systems integration and systems adoption and that kind of thing. Tell me, do you have any favorite productivity sites, tools or apps with systems that you use or you help your clients use? I mean, a lot of it, again, is it's developing a process of understanding what they're doing and figuring out inefficiencies within that process. So we do a lot of administrative process uh, review and documentation um, and as well, just sort of day to day process stuff of, OK, you know, when are you most productive? When does it make most sense to be doing task A, task B, task C based on, you know, your clients, based on who you're reaching out to, things like that. Um, you know, does it make sense to be doing collection calls at seven o'clock at night when, you know, half of your client base is eating dinner or at the hockey arena? No. So we need to change that time frame that you have set aside to do that to a different time during the day. Um, and just looking at what's working with the business and what's not working with the business and anything that's not working, just trying to figure out what better sort of could work um, and testing the waters on a lot of that. So it's not necessarily productivity. Um, tools and programs it's more like time management and uh who's doing what and what's doing who kind of thing and pr prioritizing those systems yeah, right? exactly yeah. now 
Um, what do you love most about what you do? Um, for me, it's, it's seeing the business owner succeed. So it's seeing that they've gotten back to their passion. It's seeing that they're like, you know, re-enjoying their business, um, that their business is being successful. You know, they're not frustrated with it and wanting to get the, go back to the J-O-B. Um, yeah. And just, just seeing them grow to that next level. I've worked with tons of clients when they're in that starting, you know, one year, two year mark, and they're just themselves and, and just seeing them catapult forward um, by hiring somebody and how much that sort of helped them. Um, right. and, and the ideal is really uh, once you hire the first person, hiring the next one and the next one and the next one is like a piece of cake. Um, and then you start going, why didn't I do this sooner? <laughs> so right. um, just seeing that progression has been, has been great. It's, it's a lot of fun to see that. Yeah. Um, another question I have for you, what have you, like with all the entrepreneurs and businesses you've worked with, have you seen like a pattern or a formula that makes some people successful over others? Um, well, I mean, and not to, not to, I guess, toot the horn of bookkeeping, um, and financials, but I mean, financials are a huge, 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 massive requirement to know and understand within your business. Mm -hmm. Um, and, we see all the time businesses come in and people come in who have absolutely no idea what their numbers are, um, have no idea even the basics of bookkeeping to try and begin to understand what their numbers are and what their financials are for their business. And if you don't understand the basics of that, then you really can't be successful. Um, right. We tend to not work with clients who kind of just drop their stuff off and walk away. Uh, we much prefer to work with clients who actually want to be involved and want to understand their financials um, because that's the ones that we find that we can help the most. Okay. So you're really saying like for someone, like one of the successful patterns is to really understand your financials. You don't need to do it well. Exactly. You need to understand what it is and how it works, right? That's exactly it. Yeah. Understand it so that you can understand and you can kind of see what's going on and you know where your money's going, you know where your money's coming from um, and that information there and being on top of it. So not yeah. doing, you know, not leaving it until June of the following year because your taxes are due to look at last year's numbers because you can't do anything at that point. Good point. Now, uh, have you found any marketing tactics that help your business be successful? Um, I mean, marketing for me has pretty much been word of mouth almost from day one. Uh, I very rarely get a cold call, um, from, you know, Google or whatever, but I do a lot of social media posting. Uh, so Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, and then I've got a Google business page set up, which has helped with testimonials and, and just the Google ranking, um, which a lot of that I think comes more towards the social proof, uh, versus getting the referrals. Um, so when somebody gets referred to me, yes. they're often going to Google or going to my Facebook page to check out what's going on. Uh, and then they're able to see the testimonials from previous clients and all that and, and sort of get to know me a little bit more through there. And then they reach out and they, they know that they're getting a trusted referral. Awesome. Any other things that you do for marketing? Um, I try to do some networking. I would say, uh, unfortunately, since becoming a one-man show again, uh, so since selling my business, before I sold my business, I had myself and five staff, so I had a lot more time uh, yeah. to be working on the business versus in the business. 
Um, but since rebranding and selling the company, I've been back down to just myself. So the networking has been, you know, few and far between, um, which I definitely have noticed a huge impact on the referrals that I'm getting um, by that. So, I mean, definitely getting out there, meeting people, seeing people, um, you know, the BACD networking lunch, I probably haven't been out to in about eight months, which is crazy because before out. that I didn't miss a single one. Um, so did you get clients from it too? Um, I didn't necessarily get clients from it. And that's one thing I always say to people is networking for me, I've never gotten a direct client from networking. Um, but the visibility that I've gotten, the relationships that I've built, which then in turn down the line have, re have, have resulted in referrals. Very true. Um, you know, so I, it's, it's all about your mindset where you're going into the networking. A lot of people go in and it's like, if I don't get a, at least one sale from this networking event, then I'm never going back. Um, but networking is all about relationships and you know, you've got to build those relationships before anything comes through. Um, and I just love meeting new business owners. And a lot of the times it's having that 10 minute conversation with them. Um, yes. and they ask a couple questions and they're like, Oh my goodness, thank you so much. And so just super appreciative. Um, which for me, I almost feel like it's my positive give back at the end of the day to be able to, you know, give okay. a 10 minute, 10 minute thing of advice to them on something. And, and they be, they're able to walk away and be like, okay, that was amazing. Right. Like I really gained some valuable information. So very true. I know, um, people think that they can go to a networking event and sell. And I want to just caution you, you know, we all know if we're being sold to, like we know. Absolutely. You know, but people like to buy, but they don't want to be sold. So I'm always like, you know, networking is about opening a relationship. And that could be a relationship of a supplier, a vendor, a friend, a referral source, you know, somebody's grandmother. We don't actually know the person that we're meeting. We don't know how many people they know. And also it's important to leave a positive impression on that person because then they refer you to their network. And that's exactly what you said when you said, um, you know, I get indirect referrals from. Absolutely. That's exactly it. And I mean, and even for me, like I've met, you know, I met my mastermind group through networking, uh, yeah. just other business owners who I really, really connected with who were totally in the same mindset and, and growth path that I was. And we've, we've collaborated and we've, you know, helped each other through our businesses in the last four years. And it's been amazing. And I would have never met those people if it wasn't for being out networking and doing those networking okay. events. What significant changes have you seen happen in your industry since you've been in it? Um, I think in my industry, again, like we've bookkeeping is, is a very oversaturated market. Um, everybody and their brothers tends to offer bookkeeping services. Um, Everybody's which, good at it. <laughs> yeah. That, and that's exactly it. I mean, um, more and more we're seeing people who, um, are familiar with computer programs. So therefore they think that they can do bookkeeping. Um, and, you know, we're consistently getting files from businesses um, who unfortunately hired that person. Um, and now their, their QuickBooks file or their, you know, their, their bookkeeping file altogether is yes. just a mess and things aren't being done correctly. Um, and it seems to be, be more often than not that we're getting those files now in comparison to when we first started. Um, so we're doing a lot of troubleshooting. We're doing a lot of fixing. We're doing a lot of course correction and, and, mm -hmm. you know, getting things corrected, hopefully. Um, and oftentimes we're actually having to completely restart 
some of the files, you know, start from scratch and, and completely scrap the previous file, um, which is really unfortunate because it's a huge cost to the business owner. Um, so, I mean, that's what I would be saying is those are the trends that we're seeing is that there's more and more people coming in saying that they offer in bookkeeping, but yes. really don't have the background and the knowledge behind them to truly be able to do it uh, and do it correctly. Right. Very cool. Um, how do you manage fear? Do you, do you suffer from fear in your business at all? I'm sure you do. Um, yes and no. I mean, I guess for the, for the first time, really, I, the first time I truly felt fear was, uh, when I did the rebrand, um, mm -hmm. and you know, my business coach reminded me one day and said, yes, you're five years into business, but technically you're two weeks into business, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So, and, and that fear came from, did I do the right thing? Because my phone was not ringing. My emails were not dinging, you know, I was not getting referrals. I was not getting phone calls. I was not getting new business. Um, and it, it actually probably took about four months for me to get my first new client with the new business. Um, and I was, I was beyond fearful. I mean, I was, I was questioning everything I did. I was questioning if I did the right thing. I was scared. Um, you know, I was starting a new, new relationship and starting a new family and doing all that. And I was like, oh my goodness, how am I going to support this? Uh, because this business just isn't growing. Right. Um, and, uh, and like I said, then the, the business coach gave me the reminder and, and kept on reminding me and sort of saying, you're, you've restarted, like it, all in all, like forget what used to happen. You've completely restarted. Um, and that really finally, finally one day hit me, but it took a couple of months for it to truly, for it to truly sink in. Um, and for me to realize it. And then once I did, I was able to turn things around and, and right. get out of that rut, um, and be like, no, I know I did the right thing. I know I'm in the right place and I need to get out there and get this going again. So, so very true. Not a lot of us talk about, you know, fear and being vulnerable about it because it is fear. Like, you know, you're in business for yourself. There's no safety net. There's no Absolutely. You know, going back and it's not that easy to just go and find a job after you've been running your own business. I know my husband goes through that. He's been his business for 10 years and you know, it's not always easy and you've got to keep peddling and keep staying positive. And you know, yeah. if any advice I can always give to people is like, it really comes down to your mindset, being able to manage your fear and, and uh, changing your energy, changing your focus, where your focus goes, your energy goes, or where you're you Absolutely. Know, focusing on things where your business can be successful. And I appreciate talking about that with you because it isn't easy to talk about. Um, no. And you know, when you're out in business and during the day and networking, it's got to be all positive, 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 right? And it's not, exactly. always, not always that easy to do that. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And I mean, I say to people all the time, like entrepreneurship is a roller coaster. Like you're, you're up and down and all over the place. And we've all been there at least a couple times a year going, you know what, F this, I'm going to get a job. I can't do this anymore. I'm done with the emotional roller coaster and the ups and downs of the income and everything else. Um, but then, you know, we sit down and we reflect and it's like, no, it, this is all worth it in the end, you know, yes. again, going back to the freedoms and the abilities that your business allows you to do. Um, true. It, it's so worth it in the end. It's just, it's, it's definitely a roller coaster of fears and joys and happiness and sadness and up and down. You're right. Um, I have a question for you. What advice would you give to entrepreneurs that are just getting started? Like, you know, 
Um, I mean, for me, the one thing I always say to people is be, be certain of your pricing. Um, entrepreneurs that are often starting out, uh, make the mistake. And I did the exact same thing when I first started was taking what you were working before and saying, that's the salary that I need. So therefore what's my hourly rate, um, which often very much undervalues yourself very uh, for what your industry standard should be. And it also very much limits the growth that you can do with your business. Because if you're only charging what you need, how do you bring on more staff and be able to pay them without taking a massive pay cut out of your pocket? Um, so be very clear on your pricing, know your markets um, and go for it. Like take, take that leap, um, get a mentor or somebody who can sort of, you know, walk beside you and help out the BACD is amazing for what they can offer. Um, and like I said, meeting up with somebody during a networking group who, you know, you connect with, utilize their skills and their, their, you know, experience of their business, um, to help you out and answer those questions and, give you the push when you need it and, you know, come sop up the tears when you need it and the shoulder to cry on and, you know, reevaluate and, and re-push you to, yes, you can do this. You are in the right place. Um, secondly, the other thing is don't be afraid to pivot. Okay. Your business five years from now is not going to be what you thought it was when you first started out. I can guarantee it. I You're even gonna... think when I think of you and I knew you right at the beginning of starting Harmony Bookkeeping and it was more almost about the business management side than the bookkeeping. Yes, it was. It absolutely was. Cause again, that's where my, like my true passion is. Yes. Um, but that's almost become, it's still very much intrinsically part of the business, but it's like the upsells, it's the value adds that we're adding yes. um, and using versus, you know, that being a huge income earner for us and bookkeeping just kind of being a funnel into it. Um, so right. there's definitely been a lot of changes, um, you know, in my own business and, and people that I know, like I said, you, you have this idea of what your business is going to be when you start it. Um, and it often changes and changes courses or changes direction multiple times, um, until you find your, your little niche and your comfort zone. And then even then it changes again, because somebody's pushing you to grow or you find another area that you can branch out into or whatever else. So be open to the change, um, yeah. be open to the pivot. If you need to, you know, if you're doing something and you're just not making the income for it, then figure out another way to make income for your business. Um, especially if what you're doing, you're super passionate about, but it's just not making you the income, find something that can make you income so you can continue to do your passion. Very true. I love it. Those are really great tips, you know, really good advice. I would think for them. Tell me, I don't know if you struggle with this, but, uh, do you have any, you know, secrets or tips about staying focused in your day-to-day -day busy schedule? Um, I think the biggest thing is scheduling, um, you know, put things in your calendar um, and try and stick to your calendar. So, you know, I use, use the tip all the time with business owners for their, just their bookkeeping um, is, you know, if you're going to be doing it on your own, if you're going to be doing part of it on your own, um, you know, schedule that in, find the day of the week and the time of the week that you feel most comfortable to be doing things that are financial based, that are number based and schedule it into your calendar every week. So if that's Monday morning from nine till 11, schedule it, don't move it. Um, and I, I say that with everything else, you know, if you've got to do your social media posting, 
right. schedule it, stick to it. You know, you want to only be doing client consults during specific times, schedule it, stick to it. Um, that's the best way to stay focused. And the other thing that I say too is if you're just having an off day, forgive yourself, let yourself do it and let yourself have the day, right? Yeah, that's the whole big part of being self-employed is to be able to have that freedom. If you find yourself doing it day after day after day after day, then you need to get a confidant. You need to get a mentor beside you to come and kick your butt and get you moving again. Um, but we, we all need that day off and, you know, cherish your time, set boundaries. Um, you know, for me, I have the boundaries of, you know, I, I don't take client calls and meetings on the weekends and evenings unless if it's. A, like a really important client or like a really, really urgent issue for the most part. It's my clients know when they come in, like I work, you know, Monday to Friday and, and I try not to do things on evenings and weekends um, and try and stick to those boundaries as much as possible. Really important. What key activities do you think entrepreneurs should invest their time in? You know, if they want to start and grow their business and let it be successful. I mean, for me, I always say to people um, as the owner is you should be focusing when you're growing on income earning tasks. If the task is not going to make you money, you should not be doing it and somebody else should be doing it. Um, and uh, again, we do a lot of consulting with people to figure out what does that mean? What does that look like? How does it look um, to really get focused on that? But you know, we get so wrapped up in paperwork and we get so wrapped up in all the extras of our business. And at the end of the week, we look at what we've built out and we hardly have any billings. Your business cannot succeed if you're not making income, if you're not doing billable work. So as a business owner, as you're starting out, that's where your focus truly needs to be. Um, and the other stuff needs to be delegated out. Or done during the time when you're not trying to generate income. Absolutely. Hard contact hours. Yes. I know yeah. I was in sales for years and like nine till 11 and one till three are key sales times. You exactly. Know? Exactly. That's what you do in that time and nothing else. So yeah. I remember that. One of the things you mentioned early on in our conversation is that you have a business coach. Yes. Now, I've not had a lot of people tell me they have business coaches. And I honestly believe, you know, we, don't even bat an eyelid to send our kids for coaching and soccer coaching and this coaching and tutoring, but we balk at the idea of doing it for ourselves. You know? Yeah. And, um, and I'll be completely honest. I mean, for myself, I was pretty much the exact same way for the first four years of my business. Um, I felt I was very business savvy. I felt that, you know, my business was going really well. It was growing year over year. I was getting consistent referrals. I was getting all kinds of, you know, new clients and, and great feedback. And I was well known in the community. So I thought like, why, why invest in a business coach? You know, they're not cheap. Um, and the reality was I was at a workshop one day and uh, I had a quick conversation with the presenter who happens to be a business coach. And I had a quick conversation with her afterwards and she was offering a three hour intensive look into your business and it was complimentary. Wow. So I thought, you know what, why the heck not? So we went there and I was struggling with a few things. And one of the things that I was actually struggling with was how to grow my business and take it to the next step. 
So I knew I wanted to hire a manager. I knew I wanted to kind of replace a lot of the tasks that I was doing so that I could refocus and spend more time on some of the areas that I really enjoyed more. But I had no idea how, what, where, whatever. And I'd been toying with it for about a year. Um, and during that three hour consult, this business coach pulled things out of me that I couldn't get myself, um, knew exactly where I wanted to go, like was so bang on, uh, that I couldn't not sign on with them. <laughs> so, uh, so really I did excited to find out who that is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, it was absolutely, absolutely insane. Um, and we did a year and unfortunately during that year about, you know, halfway through, I guess, three quarters of the way through was when the whole transition for the potential of the sale of the business happened. Um, but I was actually really happy to have them beside me for that process as well, because again, they brought things to light that I hadn't thought of. Right. Um, things to make sure that were included in the agreement, things to make sure that I talked about, um, you know, and they truly helped me to see the value of my business, which when we're so close to our business, it's hard to see. Um, so, you know, I had numbers in my mind and she was like, why are you only going for that much? Like right. you are worth way more than that. And the clients that you have are worth way more than that. You need to go up in that number. Um, so if I hadn't have had her beside me, I know I would have sold myself short. Um, so, you know, there's so many things that a business coach can do for you. Uh, and I absolutely do intend on hiring one again, uh, probably after, you know, in, in about the spring of 2020, um, you know, about a year into this business is kind of where I'm thinking I'm going to hire another one, um, right. potentially the same one. And I've been hearing some great information from another one as well. So I may check her out as well, but um, it's definitely something to, to invest in. Yes. I'm always investing in all kinds of different types of coaches and work and things that I can do. Cause I, I truly believe when you work on you and your skills and your leadership abilities, you just grow you and your business, your potential, your life. You know, it just, it's just so powerful, you know, absolutely. So, you're right. So Aaron, um, I want to thank you very much for your time today. It's thank been you. great to interview you and get to know you a little bit more. And uh, I wanted our, our listeners and our audience to know that you're on our expert network and that they can reach out to you if they need help. Absolutely. I know that you're so helpful. You ask, you know, you answer questions, you really help them with whatever. So I just wanted people to get a little sense of, you know, who you are, the things that you work on and, and why people should reach out to you. So I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a great, a wonderful, wonderful day. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for being a guest today on our podcast. This is Teresa Shaver signing off from the Business Advisory Center Durham, and we hope that you will join us next week. Take care, guys.